You're listening to The Athletic Mind with your host, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Lauren Williams, as always. And today we are joined by not one, but two special guests, Sun Sachs and Ed Gibbons. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. Doing great. Doing well, thank you. Perfect. Glad to hear everybody's tuning in from multiple points in the, in the world mm-hmm. today. We've got London, UK, New York, Toronto, Germany covering all the bases and that's exactly what we're about to do in this conversation once we get into a little bit about mental fitness so uh who wants to really start on and kind of giving a little bit of background on the two of you and you know what really inspired you to get into into the work that you're doing right now yeah we um we both have a similar story uh unique in its own in own ways but um yeah uh for me um so I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, and I have a, a background in endurance sports. Um, all I wanted to be was a bike racer. Growing up, spent uh, uh, all my energy doing that, and just you know, a thousand percent focus, type A personality, perfectionist mindset. <laughs> <laughs> you know where we're going here. So uh, worked my way up, got up to the elite level, uh, and just crashed and burned, uh, burnout from injury, uh, a lot of frustration. Uh, and uh, retired early at 26. And then I went into uh, product and software development, found out that I had a, just a, a talent for it. And, um, you know, built a lot of software products and then stayed very close to um, a lot of the techniques around performance and the latest science. Uh, went very deep on meditation, went very deep on quantified self. Um, and then found out about this particular branch of science called brain endurance training uh, a psychobiological technique we basically can add more um, mental load to the particular part of the brain that's going to help you with willpower uh, and uh, and mental and physical performance and resilience and uh, I was super pumped about it when I first heard about it I was like this is it this is the next big thing and I was like, when is, mm-hmm. when is the product going to come to market? Where is it? What, what's happening? <laughs> you know, lots of clinical research, but um, pretty hard to apply the science. And uh, one day I was on the bike trainer and I was like, just had this moment where I was like, oh, this is a UI problem, a user interface problem. I could probably solve this with the skills I've been building. Uh, built a prototype. And uh, that was when, about four and a half years ago, got together with Ed. And I'll turn it over to Ed for his part of the story, but that's uh, how we got started. Thanks, son. Um, yeah, I grew up as a rugby player. Uh, always been into my sports. Uh, when I was about 13, got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, which kind of threw me into this world of uh, performance optimization. First, uh, starting with uh, blood sugar levels, trying to get them in the best uh, place for uh, for performance and training and everything like that. And then, you know, across every realm of uh, sports science, you know, nutrition, training, recovery, sleep, all these different aspects, 
uh, developed a real passion and uh, love for, for sports science and eventually went on to study at uh, Loughborough University, which is uh, this real hub for sports. Uh, I can't remember the exact stat, but I think it's something like if it was a country, it would be 10th in the Olympics or something ridiculous. Um, and it's this this small little town. Um, and yeah, sort of went across everywhere around the sports science and um, the mental aspect always fascinated me. Felt like this incredibly untapped um, component um, and something where we can we can make make real gains, but just uh, uh, one and wasn't very accessible. Um, and around that time, met Sun and uh, Cody, and uh, we got building it. It's so interesting because the the mental side of the game, right? It's always been there. It's always been very present. But you guys kind of hit the nail on the head with like, how do you? make it physical how do you make it so that you can interact with it and work with it um and speaking of user interface the app by the way looks beautiful like i would want to interact with that on a daily basis <laughs> um but it's it's really i mean just quite a feat honestly to take all of that information all that we know about the mental side of sports which taylor and i spent hours talking about and working with athletes on and being able to kind of quantify it, right? And and put it into numbers that help make it make more sense. And also drive a little bit of the business case for why you should start investing in the mental side. Because, you know, you can say and tell athletes that, oh, the mental side is 90% of sports, but they still, you know, tend to lean towards the physical side and investing all their time and energy on the physical side. So... It's a really, really interesting pathway. Yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, <laughs> a lot of what we do every day is really bridging that gap between uh, science and, and and product and actually building a product from what, what we see in the in the research, which is uh, definitely challenging. But sort of the uh, uh, the intersects of that is where we, we get real benefit. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm curious, yeah. like, what is what is your guys's mission and goal with this app and making sure that you're kind of able to to put a bit of a physical spin on the mental side of of sports for athletes yeah i mean absolutely we want to make um all of these uh sports psychology and neuroscience techniques accessible to athletes and in a way that's very palatable so they can train their mind and track their progress like they would in the physical domain. Um, and ultimately, you know, uh, like I've had a firsthand experience with burnout, uh, and always striving to be the best athlete I can be, you know, there's so many that we lose to burnout and overtraining, uh, and, uh, so many that don't reach the goals that they want to achieve. And, uh, if we can bring more tools to the table and also help support longevity in their, in their career, whatever their career is in sport, um, you know, that's going to be really the most important thing for us is performance and, and uh, longevity and wellness. Well, I like that you talk about the burnout side of things. I was actually talking with Lauren before jumping on the call about wanting to get a little bit deeper into like athlete burnout, because it, it seems to run rampant, especially among student athletes who are full-time athlete, full-time students, some have part-time jobs. And then by the time everything's said and done, their performance is really starting to suffer because they don't have enough energy to give to everything. And 
typically, you know, athletes are these high achieving people who just want to be the best in everything. And I had the same experience when I was in university, I was go, 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 do, do, do. Yes, yes, yes. All the time. And then I ended up having to go in and see a, a, a doctor and get some anxiety medications and stuff like that, because I was just so overworked and overwhelmed that I couldn't cope. And this is before getting into like the mental performance side of, of, uh, coaching. So yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story around, around that burnout experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The college, uh, the college space is, is a place we found a really awesome, awesome fit with, with coaches and student athletes who uh, are dealing with a lot on their plate between uh, work and training and competitions um, and even the social side of things. There's a lot of different stresses pulling you in lots of different directions. Um, and really, as you sort of break down the 24 hours of a student athlete, <laughs> there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, you'll be waking up, you're going straight to training, then you've got, you know, a day full of lectures, you've got coursework to do, then you've got training in the evening, you've got maybe an SMC session in there, you've got a competition, then you're going out with your friends, there's a lot of stuff going on in that. Um, and really, um, that creates a lot of challenges around uh, mental wellness, mental health, um, but also just highlights the need for resilience and and uh, uh optimizing performance as we approach sports so that's one place where we found a really awesome fit um a lot of coaches telling me a lot of their time spent at the moment dealing with mental health um and helping their students manage that um so we've we've been able to to support that and um yeah hopefully continue to do so yeah i mean it's also uh, thankfully these days a lot of athletes are speaking out as well right so we have simone biles in the olympics and, and many others across sport um, and just driving home like the old way of building resilience by pushing your athlete as hard as possible and hoping for a side effect doesn't work <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so we're, yeah we're really looking for a more holistic healthy way to grow resilience uh, mm -hmm. and uh, there, there is a better way. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we're about. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting to like be able to look at how this is shifting, especially in the college space um, where, you know, the main resources for student athletes to use are, you know, the counseling center that's on campus, or if they're lucky enough, maybe they have a sports psychologist on staff. Um, but at least my, one of my big gripes with the whole system sort of is that, you know, we're, we're waiting for them or for athletes to hit that breaking point to say that, you know what, this isn't working for me anymore. And then, you know, you're seeing the performance already take a hit or their self-confidence has found a new low. And then we say, okay, let's get you some help. Whereas, you know, with an app like this or, or with brain training in general, you have the opportunity to be proactive and to allow them while things are going well, and yes, they're getting introduced to a lot of these new stressors. The college schedule is crazy. I still don't know how I did it some days, <laughs> but like you're giving them the opportunity to say, yeah, things are going well right now. So psychologically you're primed to actually be able to take in this information better. And instead of waiting for you to hit that breaking point, to hit a low, we're allowing you to, to build up the skills to say, when you do hit that point, you're actually going to be able to run with it, right? And figure out what works best for you and then take that and move forward as opposed to, you know, maybe take a few steps back before you can springboard 
forwards. Yeah, absolutely. The system's both proactive and reactive in nature. And um, we've really developed a, a very accessible toolkit of, of uh, psychology and neuroscience protocols, which uh, previously haven't been super accessible and are just used 24-7. Um, and, you know, as, as we break down that sort of day in the life of a, of a student athlete specifically, maybe that can be applied to uh, really any high performer, any athlete, any weekend warrior, professional, uh, you name it. Um, you know, we've got protocols to help them prime themselves for their workouts, help them focus during work, help them unwind after a stressful day or training session, even just helping them sleep better. Um, and then also supporting building mental resilience as well. Um, so sort of very holistic and very built around these sort of uh, quite high demands that, that high performance face. Mm -hmm. And I love that that's how you guys design this. So it's, it's something that's yes, intended for athletes, but it can be transferred into any sort of realm of life, whether you are, like you said, weekend warrior or somebody who maybe you're not even like a big workout person, but maybe you are the person who is like constantly doing the mental work like with your job and you still don't have that recovery time, right? So being able to figure out how you can utilize something and make it fit into your life rather than the, the classic, like, oh, I'm going to give you this prescription. This is what you're going to do. You're going to make this fit into your schedule and add on top of everything that you're already doing, right? So it's kind of the reverse engineering aspect of we're going to give you a plan that already fits the lifestyle that you have. Yeah, we... We often get asked, uh, what sports does this work for? And, and the reality is it works for, for every sport. And, uh, you know, we've got users literally across, I think, every sport, even down to the super niche ones. Um, and then breaking it out even beyond that, you know, the vast majority, around two-thirds of three-quarters of our user base is athletes. Um, but then we've got other high performers. We've got military. Um, we've got biohackers. We've got executives. Uh, coaches, um, really, you name it, and uh, there's someone using our system. That's amazing. Go ahead. Sam. The um, the the thing I would also relate is like um, we talk about the cognitive stress. Um, you know, that's often sort of a sleeping giant. Like you're building up more cognitive load. You're not doing anything to. You know, we all focus on physical recovery, we got the ice baths, we got the compression boots, we have all kinds of cool things. <laughs> but what about the mind? We're not giving our mind a break uh, at all. So what what our system does is, uh, as part of a morning practice, you wake up in the morning, uh, before you get going with your day, you do a 90 second test. And what we'll do is, uh, we'll bring in all your training and physical data, like your sleep and your training load and stuff like that, your heart rate data. And then we'll assess you cognitively and emotionally. And so we'll then break that down. So you might be physically strong, but meanwhile, mm -hmm. you have a decline in your cognitive performance, or as a result, you're also a little more emotional that day. Those are good things to be aware of. And how would you normally ever even be aware or measure it? So reflecting back that information so that they're more informed on where they're really at is the first step in the process. I'm curious how you actually go about the the emotional ratings there, right? Because we talk about self-awareness as coaches all the time. And there's this crazy stat that like 80% of people think that they are self-aware. And actually in reality, only about 12% are. 
So if you like, how did you kind of build this into an app where people might not necessarily have the emotional awareness to really judge how they're feeling internally? Yeah, it's a great Take question. That. Yeah, um, that's often the challenge with with subjective data points is is people don't um, potentially aren't used to ranking them before, um, and also everyone has a different baseline. Everyone has a different understanding. I know I rank my stress, for example, way differently to how someone ranks their stress, um, completely differently. And if we tried to sort of compare ourselves based on absolutely raw numbers, it would be meaningless. Um, and I've seen that loads as well. You know, playing rugby, we'd often get in and would have, um, you know, maybe a Google uh, a Google Doc or a spreadsheet, uh, you know, a form fill out, and uh, you know, how how well did you sleep last night? Uh, how stressed are you feeling? All these different questions. But those data points just got left on a spreadsheet and the meaning behind them for that individual was was often not really uh, realized, um, let alone an actual solution around that. Um, so what we did is um, build an algorithm that understands the user's um, typical uh, uh, sort of baseline. We build a picture of what what's normal for that user and then can highlight what's significant for them. So really it adapts around what a user typically um, typically rates themselves. Um, and we build a, a very accurate picture of sort of how they're looking. And that really allows us to see very acute changes um, and pick up on those, those slight differences that happen day to day. And ultimately just allow us to show what's significant for that individual. Um, and that's really what powers uh, very smart and accurate recommendations to actually improve the athlete's state as well. That's amazing. And bringing in the the cognitive side of it as well, right? Because you have a bunch of different products nowadays, whether it's like a ring that you can wear that tells you where you're at sleep-wise or, you know, your whoop bands giving you your daily strain and all that. But it really is unique to not only get just that information, which the physical side of it is still very important. You need to know how your sleep is impacting your physical recovery and how that could also be impacting your stress levels. But what are some of the, the tools that you guys would recommend if you have an athlete who their indicators are saying like, this is not somebody who's recovered. This is not somebody who is like ready to go and in their best place. Yeah. So if, you know, if we pick up on that, we're, as you mentioned, we're very real world, you know, a lot of times mm -hmm. you're not in the best state, you're not in the ideal state, which um, if you're just looking at the, those physical uh, wearables, oftentimes they'll either say go or don't go. Like <laughs> yeah. uh, they won't, they won't say, well, you have to go, even though you're not in a great state, which is how, you know, which is realistic. So uh, let's just say it's that situation where maybe they have a lot of physical fatigue from training and also a lot of stress. Uh, so we'll take them through a two to four minute session. So it's important to be palatable in terms of time, you know, cause they're not going to have a lot of time. So we want to maximize the effectiveness within a very short window. And, uh, the way we do that is what we call a recipe. So we'll actually combine neuroscience, sports psychology, and other techniques all together in one experience. So in that case where they're under stress, physical and mental stress, what we do is we'd start off with some kind of breathing modality. So we might do something like a box breathing or a 
pranayama to get their body into a homeostasis. We want them to get into a rest and recover state. Um, we're going to bring in some neuroscience techniques. So there's something called binaural beats, which is this uh, technique to create a brain entrainment. So while they're listening to what sounds like just music, we're actually affecting their brain waves. We'll get them into a, in this case, a, a calm state. Uh, we'll bring in sports psychology techniques like self-talk and visualization. So we uh, cue them up to really have a positive mindset to think about the big picture. And we'll also bring in things like subliminal priming. So they're looking at the screen, they can't see what's happening, but we're actually priming them with positive imagery to affect their mindset. So they come out of it feeling calm, uh, ready. Uh, and they can, if they need to, they can do that again before their, their training or their performance. So we'll have specific sessions for that as well. It's like a reset button in your hands and where every athlete has kind of said like, oh, I know that I feel this way. I know that I don't feel great, but I never know what to do. You're kind of putting it all in front of them in a recipe, which is amazing because that's the other part, right? Is you're taking away the excuse of, well, I don't know what to do, right? And I'm not sure how to get these tools or I'm not sure how to use them. So you're eliminating that extra barrier that a lot of athletes experience because we're not taught about the mental side of sport. We're not taught about how to manage your emotions in school. Like every kid should have an emotions class in Seriously. elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> emotions and like breath work. Like imagine if you had that foundation. <laughs> oh my gosh. All, all I'm saying is all of my student athletes right now going through midterms would be in such a better place. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably no more acute situation than students. I mean, uh, in youth athletes, the burnout rate is 30%. Mm -hmm. So it's like an extreme um, one in three. Yeah. So, and by the time you're burnt out, um, you know, it's too late. Basically, you, all you can do is walk away from your sport for either months or permanently. So mm -hmm. you want to be able to be proactive and, and preventative. It's super important. Mm -hmm, absolutely and on on the on that note like talking about teams lauren like i'm i'm interested to hear how this app is applicable from the team setting and like what that data set looks like for a coach to keep track of what's going on within their team because we see this all the time especially when we have some maybe old school thought leadership coaches who like you said like Building resiliency is about just putting more load on load on and hoping to have some sort of outcome. Like, how does that, how does that data get transmitted to coaches so they can understand what their players actually need? Yeah, absolutely. So the, um, all the data is loved through the athlete platform. Um, that's a mobile app that the athlete uses each day, uh, containing both a, re a readiness assessment, a mindset recovery system and a neuro training system. Um, then from the coaches side of things, they'd have their own dashboard um, as well, which would essentially give them the data and tools um, to really allow them to get the best out of their athletes. So that would involve daily readiness tracking. They'd get an insight into um, each athlete's overall readiness state, and we'd break that down also by cognitive, physical, and emotional readiness with then further breakdowns into where that's coming from. So, you know, we talk about high emotional strain, for example, potentially that's coming from high stress load and they can kind of dig in and we normalize each data point to the individual. Like I mentioned, 
um, so that they can really see what's significant for that individual. So that's kind of like a high level view each day of each athlete's daily readiness. Also flag them in case there's, uh, you know, anyone in a state of concern where they want to focus their attention. Um, but we don't see monitoring as, uh, we see monitoring has to have a solution tied to it. So what we want to do is provide them not only with the data, but also the tools. So once they see an athlete in potentially a high emotional uh, state of high emotional fatigue, cognitive fatigue or physical fatigue, we give them the tools to actually go in and send um, messages and recommendations to their athletes in the form of uh, some of our mindset recovery sessions. So for example, that might be, um, you know, for example, uh, an athlete wakes up is under a lot of emotional strain today physically they're capable they're in a top physical state maybe cognitively as well but it's game day today and, and what can we actually do to get an athlete in a state to prepare for our game later today um, and what they can do is send them one of our our sessions which features some of the protocols some mentioned uh, potentially one of our pre-workout priming sessions designed to alleviate some of that emotional fatigue um, that would essentially go straight to the athlete's phone. They'd be able to do that in a couple of minutes, typically two to four minutes. And on average would reduce their stress by 70%, feel 30% more ready for performance and 30% more focused. And we hear it anecdotally as well. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to a professional football player who told me uh, they had a lot of uh, stuff going on at home, creating a lot of emotional strain um and was just sitting in the locker room did one of our sessions and was able to alleviate all that strain and go out and have one of the best games of his career um and that's previously unheard of because you know the mental the sort of it's such an easy thing to fix when you have the right tools but they're not super accessible and that's really what we've done we've made it accessible um, and made it easy to use Absolutely necessary. Uh, just because how complicated some of this terminology can get, like it's really important to make sure that people understand. And I guess the other, the other question I did have was, okay, from from a coach's perspective, being able to access all of this data, is this anonymous or are there names attached to these things as well? Because I'm just thinking from the athlete side, like how open that they would want to be with disclosing all of this information about what's going on within them, knowing that, you know, maybe their coach, maybe they feel their coach doesn't favor them. Maybe they feel that their coach doesn't like them or like, will kind of pull them away from the game or, or something like that. Because again, we, we know that coaches aren't always forward progressive thinkers. Right. So like, how does that look in that, in that respect? Yeah. Um, you know, we're not there to necessarily fix the team culture at that level. Um, but we are keen to sort of adapt around it and um, you know make sure that these protocols are accessible for the athletes um, so we don't require that in a team situation they share their data um, that could just stay with them um, that's really up to sort of um, you know individual team setups um, so with that in mind you know we don't want to rely on um well we have sort of two ways that interventions can be provided to the athlete so one is powered by our own algorithm which intelligently understands um areas of need and also their goals for the day and provides sessions and that's without any coach's intervention uh it's also it makes it a bit easier for the coach as well uh but then the coach does have that additional layer on top 
if they've connected their accounts so that they can come in and provide um, interventions uh, themselves, maybe with a little bit more human knowledge of what's going on as well. Yeah, so some organizations may choose not to have that dashboard piece, or some athletes may choose not to share some of that data. So there's some flexibility there. And the other piece of the puzzle too is, is I think when we have some of those, um, maybe not as forward thinking, like leadership 1.0 kind of coaches who are very command and control, they want, they see an athlete struggling and their immediate thing is, well, they're not going to perform well for me today. So I'm going to limit time or whatever it may be. You're giving the athlete the tools to work on it, right? So you're not just exactly. giving them the data that says, yeah, this athlete's struggling, have fun, figure that out. You're saying, <laughs> yeah, they're struggling. And here's the tools that we recommend that they use to bring them out of it, right? So it's, it's looking at it. And you've said this word a lot, right? Holistically. Because one of the unique issues that I've always seen with, you know, student athletes or athletes in general, going to a generalized counseling service is they struggle to understand without that context of, you know, maybe a background in sport or a background of being an athlete. When you have these conversations as an athlete, someone who's not, the immediate reaction is, well, maybe you need to take a break from your sport and to the athlete that might be the most important thing in their day it might be the thing that really helps them feel a little bit better if they can get into a good headspace um so you know knowing that you're looking at these data points and you're providing them not with the motivation to say you can or you can't go it's you may not be in the best place you could still do it if you really need to but we're going to help you do it and feel good about it at the same time, which is a huge shift in perspective, I think. Yeah, I mean, how exactly. often how often can we really adapt, um, you know, important stuff in our day? It's quite rare sometimes, like, you know, Dave Papel of meetings, um, important game that you need to perform at. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe it's a job interview, maybe it's, you know, an exam in the case of a student athlete. Unfortunately, they don't let you move those. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, just telling someone they're in a bad state really isn't going to do anything of value. What does do the bit of value is improving that and having tools that are specific to that, um, to your state, uh, yeah. tailored to your areas of need, um, as well as goals, very important um, sort of dimension of it as well. Um, that's really where the value comes rather than uh, just telling someone they're in a bad state. It's, uh, we can't do anything about that. Um, what we really want to do is show that you actually can do something about that. Um, and here are some tools that are going to help you do that. Son's got a great story about um, Mount Rainier. You, you might want to, <laughs> if you don't mind sharing that one, where I don't think you could have done anything differently. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, every so often I do some alpine mountaineering and uh, climbing up to the 16,000 foot peak. It's a three day expedition. Um, over three days, I got like six and a half hours sleep um, because the conditions were really dangerous. And so, um, you know, there was ice falling and crevasses collapsing and things like that. And uh, so needless to say on the final day when we were supposed to go to sleep and I was sitting there listening to ice falling and we were at the bottom of this crevasse and it was, pretty terrifying 
couldn't sleep. <laughs> but we had to get up at, at midnight and go to the summit attempt. And um, I needed to somehow rest and recover. So instead, what I did is I put on, uh, we have some a specific kind of neuroscience with binaural beats for cognitive recovery. And I just did that instead of sleeping, like for two or three hours straight. And by the time we had to get up, I felt significantly better. And we were able to do our summit attempt, uh, you know, get, get out unscathed. Um, and that's just a situation. Maybe it's an extreme situation, but it's still a situation that you have in life where you can't move whatever important thing is, and you still need to figure out the best way to deal with it. Like if you have insomnia and you get two hours of sleep and then you have to go for your big game, you know, you got to do something, you know, you can't just do nothing. Uh, so what, what do you do? And uh, we hope mm -hmm. to help athletes with those situations as much as possible. I couldn't imagine climbing 16,000 feet. That's absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, it's just casual, you know, just, you know, I'm going to do this while the mountain sounds like it's collapsing. Sure. <laughs> it's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The level of yeah. stress in that situation alone would be enough to, to like crumple so many people, even like elite level athletes, you know, obviously depending on what your background is, I guess, but I'm, I'm actually would love to hear a little bit more about that experience because the the oxygen levels get significantly lower as you get higher right so like how are you able to kind of utilize some of that like neuroscience and psychology to mentally prep on on doing some of those things yeah I mean thankfully our our system been designed uh, from day one to work offline so uh, there was no connectivity. <laughs> Uh, but everything was downloaded into the app. And so I was still able to assess myself in the morning, uh, see how I was doing based on that, you know, do those interventions. And, um, and especially on the sports psychology side, you know, where you, instead of just obsessing over the danger, you take a step back and you think about what your, you know, in this case, visualization cue for what you're grateful for that day, um, you know, what's important to you. And you really get get in the right mindset. What we like to say is a calm, ready mindset. Like that's where you're primed for performance, not full of a bunch of anxiety about all the possible worst case scenarios. <laughs> so you know, and when things are on the line like that, you you know you 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 have to, right? There's just a great sense of motivation. Like I got to make this work. Um, and that we. We work with a lot of athletes across different sports and uh, many of them are like extreme athletes uh, and uh, you know um, it pushes you to that point where you you got to find a solution it's a good way to test the app <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's interesting right especially in a lot of team sports that idea of like i have to be able to do this kind of slips just a little bit right because you have your team to support you and you can really frame it as well you don't really have to do anything you get to do it right but when you're stuck in those moments of stress and when you're anxious the wording that I use is like it's really hard to see anything further than two inches away from your face you're so stuck in your own experience and when that happens it's not about how do I do it well so that when I look back on it later, I feel good about my performance? Or how do I show up and be authentically who I am as an athlete? 
you're basically in survival mode, mm -hmm. which, you know, in a team sport, the likelihood of you dying is very low. But in some of these more extreme sports, like that's on the table, which is wild. Yeah. So it's, it's I don't it's know, true. it's very unique. Yeah. And yeah, but like you said, getting perspective, like just yeah. getting out of that vicious cycle in your head and being able to take a step out, even if it's for a couple of minutes, you know, it is mm -hmm. super meaningful, like break that pattern. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of different techniques to do that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's important. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there seems to be so many different ways that you can apply this, right? Whether it's an elite, an elite athlete, a team athlete, an individual sport athlete, an extreme athlete, you know, someone who's working in corporate and finance in some of those really go-getter on the grind kind of jobs what has been one of the biggest obstacles that you guys have faced so far in getting all of this going because you know the four of us will sit in this room and say like this is necessary you should absolutely be investing in it and you know if you're in the business of performance you should be looking into this but I think the world the rest of the world is still kind of adjusting to the idea of the mental game and, and brain training in and of itself. So where are you guys at in that whole process and what has been hard for you in the past you know, few years? Yeah, I mean, we're um, literally uh, carving out a new category. <laughs> so yeah. that is not, not too easy because, you know, there's no, we can't just say, oh, we're like this or we're like that, or, you know, you're obviously familiar with Neuro training, we do that as well. Like we, we basically have to start from square one and make sure that all of the sophisticated stuff on the back end is distilled down in a way that people can real that's relatable and understandable. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been an iterative process working with um, very closely with athletes and our advisory group of scientists in neuroscience and uh, sports psychologists and really just um, taking a lot of the feedback to heart and uh we probably made like 100 iterations of the product uh since since launching and um aside from that it's also just you know we're still a startup so it's not like we're we have the kind of brand awareness that other companies do who have millions of dollars in marketing budgets so it's just mm. you know growing that <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's a pro it's a process uh and um you know, everyone we we get the pleasure to speak to gets it and is excited about it. And um, uh, and we just hear so many good stories from athletes and teams that uh, that just keeps us going. Love to hear it. Um, Lou, I don't know if you had any any burning questions that you had left in, in the back pocket there. If not, then. I just wanted to ask where our listeners are going to be able to reach out to you in case they want to get in touch a little bit about like personal contacts and obviously the, the app and just toss all your plugs in while you can, you know? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, if anyone wants to speak to us at the team level, like if you're a coach or an athletic director or an organization, you can reach out to either uh, Ed or myself. Uh, it's pretty easy. It's son at rewire.team or ed at rewire.team. 
And then um, you can look us up uh, at rewirefitness.app. And we're on all the socials. If you search for Rewire Fitness, you'll find us and in the app stores. So uh, we write a lot of um, content to support coaches and athletes. So you can check that out on our blog. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have the conversation. Uh, interested in all kinds of partnerships and uh, collabs. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for, for joining us on the show today. It's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of really great information and it's obviously always, always really amazing for both of us to be able to sit and connect with, with people who are on a very similar mission to what we are. And that is to make sure that we are equipping athletes with the tools that are going to allow them to succeed in all areas of life. So thank you both so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Athletic Mind. If you found this episode to be of value, please go ahead and share on social or share with a friend. And if you really want to help us on our mission to provide valuable tools, insights, and experiences to athletes, then please go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. This really helps us grow the podcast to reach new listeners just like yourself.